And welcome to episode 53 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. As always, uh, our injury wire keeps uh, getting longer and longer and longer. And this week is probably the mother load of injuries because of the amount of significant injuries that we've received. Three in particular that we're going to talk about and discuss at length. Um, we're also going to talk about Connor McDavid busting out of his scoring slump in a big way. Um, also going to talk about uh, two more teams in the Are They For Real segment. Uh, we've had that going for a couple of weeks. Uh, it continues this week. Um, we'll uh, tell you one team from the East and one team from the West and uh, going to talk about their early success slash struggles. Can they keep it up? Will things turn around for better or for worse? Um, and uh, like I said, more injury news. Jake Vertanen's had a pretty bad week. Um, and also a minor trade you probably haven't heard of. Also, Russell Wilson... Uh, really wants a hockey team in Seattle. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, and, of course, Bruins sense because, you know, we like to talk about our teams. Uh, before we move on, shout-outs to all the players past and present who have worn number 53 over the course of their NHL careers. And on this list, there are actually a couple of current NHL players. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh, although briefly he wore number 53, Shane the Friendly Ghost Bear, Gostas Bear, he uh, wears number 53. Casey Sezikis, Seth Griffith during his time with the Bruins. Uh, Tyler Grayovac, who uh, scored a beauty for Minnesota against Colorado last night. Uh, Bo Horvat of the Vancouver Canucks in his earlier years with L.A. Alec Martinez wore number 53. Uh, today, Alexei Marchenko wears number 53. And... Um, Believe it or not, Joe Pavelski wore number 53. Again, although briefly, he wore number 53, as did uh, Nikolai Habibulin, uh and Derek Morris for a lot longer than just a couple of years. Practically his whole career, he wore number 53. And uh, probably the most notable youngster wearing number 53 in the NHL today is Jeff Skinner of the Carolina Hurricanes. So to all of them, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. I like Steve said at the hop. Uh, there's a lot of injuries today. There's three this week. Um, three key ones this week. We're gonna. I don't. I don't know which one we'll start out with, but I guess um, the decision is Stamkos. We'll talk about first. Uh, yeah. He's the bigger superstar of those three. Uh, Stamkos, uh, he has a lateral meniscus tear in right knee, um, in his right knee. He's out indefinitely, but there are reports that say he's gonna miss, uh, four months. Um, four months is the best case scenario. Six months appears to be the worst case scenario and he required surgery as well. Yeah, he's, uh, he was injured like three years, uh, three seasons ago. Um, when he hit that pole in uh, the Boston Bruins and just was out the entire year. but um, So this is his second, I think that was just his leg. So this is his knee now. Um, I think it was the same knee too that he hurt. Yeah, oh, is it the same knee? Wow. Yeah, that's what I heard. 
Um, it's kind of unfortunate, too, because he was playing really well with uh, Kucherov. Um, and, but, um, and now, um, I mean, I think that Tampa, Tampa Bay has a lot of depth um, compared to Calgary and New Jersey, who we're going to talk about. But, um, so, but, so I think Tampa Bay will be okay. But uh, just because of how much depth they have, and you know they don't necessarily need Stamkos to win, but it's um, it is kind of uh, it's still sad considering that this is the same knee that he was injured, and he's one of the best players in the game right now. So yeah, you know, I, I think it's more of a backbreaker in the eyes of some hockey fans because you look at how tight the Atlantic Division is. Right. I know we're talking about the Atlantic Division race this earlier in the year. But outside of first place Montreal, you have the Lightning in second place with 25 points. Sens, Bruins, and Leafs all within two to three points of each other. And then the Panthers and Red Wings, not much is separating them. And they're, uh, uh, if the playoffs started today, they'd be well out of it. Uh, but if, if you look at both wildcard teams, they have 20 points themselves at least. So you've got about six or seven teams on your back trying to catch up to you. And the last thing any team needs is a point-per-game guy like Stamkos, who had 20 points in 17 games this year, top 10 score in the league when I checked uh, the NHL.com uh, stats uh, before the podcast. The last thing you need is a guy like that going on the injured reserve and missing several months of hockey in the middle of a very tight but early divisional race. And, and you know, the Bolts have a lot of depth, and they're good without him, but Stamkos makes him a lot better when he's healthy and when he's producing. And now that this is the third time that this team has had to battle through their schedule without Stamkos in the lineup, uh, should they be concerned about his long-term health? I mean, at what point is he, quote-unquote, prone to injury? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he is, yeah, now he is an injury-prone person, but I was just, I'm just looking at the standings right now. Tampa Bay has actually won four in a row, so they might not need him, but yeah, um, they certainly... It is kind of scary considering the fact that they've won a couple of those games without Stamkos, and now, you know, soon, I assume they'll have him back within, you know, towards the end of the season. So, yeah. um, so once they have him back, they'll be even more scary. Um, but yeah, um, that is a good point. He is now, like, known as an injury-prone person. Um but hopefully that doesn't affect his career too much. Um, you know, like, you know, Sidney Crosby's an injury-prone person as well. Well, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's, he's probably still regarded as the best player in the game right exactly. now. But. Um, we'll go to the next one. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, he has a broken finger. He, uh, he requires, I said requires finger here. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> what that means. Uh, six weeks. Apparently, the the big news here was well. Obviously, this is sad news because he's by far Calgary's best player. But um, the thing here was during Minnesota, he was slashed approximately like twenty two times, um, which probably prompted uh, most Calgary Flames fans to give Minnesota the middle finger. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, that made uh, the Flames GM Brad Trevling. Trevling, Trevling isn't happy about that. So yeah, I, um, I wouldn't blame him. I, I, when I first heard that stab, just like, no, they're over-exaggerating that. Yeah, but and, then, then you see there's a video, and it's like they show you all the times that he got slashed, and it was like 22 times. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't... <laughs> 
I didn't see the video where he got slashed 22 times, but they showed once Ryan Suter got him and then Eric Stahl got him twice. Yeah. And they didn't call it, though, actually, either. He actually left the game, then came back, got slashed again, and then left the game for good. Yeah. So, and and before that, he scored, and in between all that, he scored a goal, too. So, right, I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's just mind-boggling. Like, you know, three times... I would think you're probably had enough after that. 22 is way over the top, but um, I, I, <laughs> I mean, hear the timetable. You might be right. It might be exaggerating, but it was a lot, though. But yeah. yeah. I hear the timetable at first was at least four to six weeks. They're keeping it indefinitely until they have um, a more clear timetable yep. for his return. But initial reports, I heard at least four to six weeks. So yeah. um, considering the Flames were, are where they are with Johnny Hockey in the lineup, uh, I don't know how they can really keep their season afloat without him. Yeah, I agree with that. The Calgary currently is uh, second to last in the Pacific. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, unlike Tampa Bay where they have all these guys, really Calgary just has um, Giordano and Monaghan. Um, yeah. And I guess Dougie Hamilton, too. But, um, but yeah. If, 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 if for those of you who watch Johnny Hockey – his hands are probably his biggest asset. So True. even if he does come back, how good, how productive is he going to be? You know, that again, that I talk point. about lingering issues and probably take a shot every time I say lingering issue on this podcast because <laughs> I've said it rather frequently, I've noticed. Yeah. But it, it it is true, especially with this, with this kind of thing. You kind of need your hands to shoot the puck at the net and score goals. Right. And, uh, no one does that better at stick handling the puck and, and shooting the puck on goal as well as Johnny Hockey. I mean, it, his hands are, are fantastic. And uh, just a small injury like that can really mess up the timing. Yeah, that's true. According to Roto World, it says that he'll be back. Look, he can make a return at late December, but um, who knows if that's actually going to happen or not. I think it all depends on where the Flames are in the standings. If they're True. well out of it, I think they're going to take their time. I don't think they're going to rush them. And I think that's the best um, I think that's the best way of handling things if you're Calgary. I mean, you just sign him to a, um, a big contract. Uh, you, you, you want a guy like Johnny Hockey healthy. You don't want to rush him. And, and, you know, at a point in the season where probably everyone's one or two, maybe three steps ahead of you in the standings. And you're, even, if, even if they go on a roll – if they're well out of it, like, is it really going to make much of a difference? So true. I think where they are in the standings is really going to speak volumes as to when he comes back. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Taylor Hall is another left winger. Um, Taylor Hall also got injured in the same day. Um, this one's a knee injury again. Um, although it's not as severe as Jankos because they say he's gonna he's gonna be out for three to four weeks. Um, but it's still tough news considering this was their big f- guy that they got in fr- uh, free agency. Um, so he's currently listed as day to day, but um, who knows? Um, the uh, but New Jersey is actually we're going to talk about New Jersey in their are they for real section. But yeah, um, New Jersey has actually played pretty well. Um, so. Uh, you know they, you know they kind of rely on Schneider, but it could just be considering Hall just joined the team. This is more like this could be, just be a 
preview of what they were like last year, minus well, Adam, yeah, Ar- I mean, Adam Larson. Taylor Hall, Taylor yeah. Hall is their biggest ad. They had to give it probably their biggest defensive asset, right. Adam Larson, to get him. And now they now it's basically where they were last year, minus Adam Larson for three to four weeks. Yeah. And this happened, by the way, two days before Taylor Hall's 25th birthday. Happy belated to Taylor, by the way, if yeah, you're listening. Yeah, happy belated. Um, but just taking a look at his injury history, I mean, this got to be annoying for him and for the franchise because – Here's a look at his injury history. He missed 17 games with an ankle injury, 7 games left shoulder, 2 games head, 11 games concussion, 1 game hamstring, 7 games knee injury, 6 games sprained MCL, 3 games leg, 20 yeah. games lower body, and now a left knee injury. So that this is his third, uh, second or third injury to his knee, and I'm just taking a look at TSN's website. It describe they describe him as an explosive skater, goes to the net with authority, also goes all out, which probably doesn't help his ability to stay healthy. And you gotta wonder, you know, the, when he's an explosive skater, you know, you kind of need your knees and your legs to to really be that kind of explosive skater. I'm not gonna say it's gonna affect his play right now or this season or next year or the year after that. But long term, eventually these injuries are gonna catch up to you. You're gonna be banged up, and you might not be as fast as you were you know at the age of 35 than you were at the age of 25 so it's just a long-term impact that concerns me yeah that's true i mean yeah like speaking of injury history um yeah i didn't re- i've kind of forgot that hall has been injured a lot throughout his career um but i don't know it doesn't seem to affect him too much every time he comes back on the ice but um, maybe this time it will who knows yeah, and, and the yeah. the unfortunate part is, you know, they Taylor Hall was the the big score that they needed, and he's yeah. been exactly that. Like, point, uh, let the team in points, and although he hadn't scored since October twenty fifth, he still managed to get a point in four of the in four of his last five before getting hurt. So he was still mm. contributing for them. True. Um, let's see here. So our poll of the week question was of those three key injuries which injury hurts their team the most um Goudreau Hall or Stamkos and surprisingly Stamkos got most of the votes with 56 percent um and then Goudreau got 33 percent and Hall got 11 percent um I guess this me I guess this is just because Tampa is far better than New Jersey and the Flames are but um, I don't really think the Lightning really needs Stamkos. Like, he didn't play at all in the playoffs last year, Stamkos, and um, they went pretty far. So, um, yeah, and we, we, we talked about uh, the impact from an offensive standpoint that he's had this year, um, and we also talked about how his absence might not affect the Lightning as much as some yeah. people think it will. Like, in 2013-2014, when he had to miss 45 games due to a broken tibia, Tampa went 22-18-5. and five. Right. And During last year's playoff run, when he had to miss 21 games due to blood clots, they right. went 13-8, and eight, and the only game he played was Game 7 of the Conference Finals against Pittsburgh. So the bulk of their playoff run was without Stamkos. Yeah. And a big reason for that was the emergence of Jonathan Drouin, who, by the way, just came back from injured reserve himself, right. and probably, again, looking to make a statement. Yeah, that's where I just disagree. I disagree with uh, our poll now, so... Um, I would have, I don't know who would, uh, who, which team hurts, it hurts more. I don't know who I would have voted for. 
probably Goudreau just because, you know, the Devils have Corey Schneider, but, um, I'm on, I'm on the same, I'm on the same side as you are because not, not only, um, not only is Calgary going to feel the pain more than just anybody based on what Goudreau's provided, but with him in the lineup, how they couldn't seem to perform well with him in the lineup, how are they going to perform without him in the lineup? They also have an inexperienced Glenn Galutzen behind the bench, which isn't necessarily, doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He just hasn't had the long-term experience as far as being the coach of an NHL team. And as a result, he probably hasn't had to deal with a case like this. And that is, how to get your team to win consistently? Uh, how to get your team to win consistently without arguably your best guy? Right, that's true. And John Cooper has done that. This will be the third time that John Cooper has done that. The first two times, Tampa did pretty well. Yeah, exactly. They made the Stanley Cup. Um, the uh, all right. I guess we can uh, go to Are they for real? Um, mm-hmm. I just realized that the teams that we're about to talk to uh, talk about are going to actually play tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I know. Um, I don't know. Was this intentional when you picked out these two teams? No, no, this totally wasn't. Uh, uh, I was just looking at the previous two games that Jersey played, and they were in Anaheim and in yeah. LA. I'm just like, do they already play San Jose? And I checked the schedule. Oh, oh wow! They're playing this is it the the, yeah, so this is going to be like an extensive preview of this team, uh, of these two teams. But uh, yeah, so New Jersey and San Jose are going to be our two teams that we're going to talk about. We kind of briefly talked about Taylor. Uh, uh, the Devils in Taylor with Taylor Hall, but uh, previously they had a uh, four-game winning streak, a five-game winning streak, was it? Well, let me look. Yeah, it was a five-game. They had a five-game winning streak, um, and then Taylor Hall got injured, and then they lost to Anaheim and LA um, uh, the next uh, on Thursday and Saturday, respectively. Um, yeah, I mean, so. This is kind of a weird, are they for real? Because they kind of, they just lost to the California teams. But, um, I don't know. Are, are they, they, uh, they're fifth in the league with goals, of, goals against. They're 23rd in the league in uh, goals per game. Um, obviously, Taylor Hall, t- Taylor Hall leads their team with 12 points. Um, and five goals. Damon, Damon Servison has nine assists for them as well. Um, yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise offensively. Yeah, Servison. So, um, I don't know. So, are they for real? <laughs> uh, well, just just looking at some of their team stats, I mean, it's no secret they continue to rely on Corey Schneider, timely goals, the odd batch of defense, and more or less Corey Schneider uh, to win these hockey games. And they're 6-0-1 on home ice, which doesn't help them because they're in San Jose and they haven't really been so good on the road, but, um, they're, they're a top team. They're a top 10 team overall in shots per game, which is a bit shocking yet. They've only scored 40 goals, which is you know, 26 overall in through their first 17 games, power play, not that good penalty kill in the bottom 10, but they're actually, when it comes to being the most disciplined teams, they're a top five team in the league. Yeah. So that, when you don't take too many penalties, you don't really give the other team too many chances to burn you. True. Um, and that's good because they don't throw their weight around a whole lot. They don't block too many shots. Yeah. Uh, when they outshoot their opponents, they're 7-2-2, two and two, which is good. 
Uh, and they in the first period, that's going to be key for them. The first period, they've only given up six goals in the first 20 minutes. I believe that's the best, uh, the, the fewest amount of goals uh, given up by a team in the first period this year. Uh, Parento, decent, eight points. Sajak, ten points. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but Henrique, Palmieri, and Camilleri, probably their top three guys last year, really haven't been their top three guys this year. They're the driving force behind the Devils' offense uh, last year. They need to be exactly that right now. True. And Although Henry had that game-winning goal the other day, right? Yeah, like like they, 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 need to, yeah. they need to really step up their game, not just when Taylor Hall's out, but when he comes back. Because True. this team can't just rely on Corey Schneider and Taylor Hall uh, to be the two workhorses yeah. on that team. Uh, I mean, you look at Corey Schneider, he started 14 of the team's first 17 games, faced the ninth most shots, um, and if they continue to rely on him, um, Lady Luck will probably be on their side to make the playoffs. If they want team success that's sustainable, they need to play like a team and not rely on one guy. So they're not going to be for real unless they start proving that they're more than just a trick pony, that they can do well without... You know, when Corey Schneider's not in his game. If they can do well when Corey Schneider's not in his game, I that's when I can say this team is for real. Yeah, I agree with that. Current I forgot to mention their record. They're nine, five, and three. Uh currently, um, I know this is far away from the playoffs, but if the playoffs were today, they would play the Rangers. Um, they would have the last wild they would have the second to last wild card spot. Um uh so uh, there's that, but uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. If you can't like they uh, like Corey Schneider is probably the best goaltender in the league, um, minus Carey Price, um, and you also and you you know it's kind of hard to say if they're for real because they don't have their best player in Taylor Hall back. So, um, but yeah, you're right. The other players need to step up, uh, like Henrik and. Parento and uh, um, Zajac and all those guys. So, um, yeah, I would say they're for real, sort of, uh, but uh, we kind of need more info on them. I guess you could say that for a lot of these teams, really. Uh, Also, their defense continues to be a big question mark. Like They they don't really have... They don't have the rep, uh, guys who have had a reputation of, you know, you know, really grabbing the league's attention. They, yeah. They've they've got probably one of, like, I, I don't think I could even name half of the defensemen on their team. Yeah, I can only name one. No, two. Severson and Green. Yeah. That's it. Um, and they traded one away to, uh, to Edmonton. Um. San Jose Sharks um, are our second team that we're going to talk about. Uh, they're 9-8-1, and they're third in the Pacific Division. Um, they uh, Their goals per game is 25th in the league, even though despite them having Pavlovsky, Brent Burns, uh, Logan Couture, uh, Joe Thornton, uh, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, but there are six in the league in goals against um, with, uh, and they, um, let's see here. Also, Pavelski leads their team in points with 16 
He has, he also leads their team in goals, assists, and plus minus. He has Pavelski uh, has six goals and ten assists. Um, so they're not as strong as they usually have been, but um, they just lost three to um, Carolina, San, St. Louis, and Arizona. Um, they played New Jersey this Monday. Um, but they were on a three-game winning streak before that to Washington, Florida, and Tampa Bay. So um, they're kind of wishy-washy on if they're for real. We don't really know if they're good or bad yet. But Yeah, I know. mean, if Brent, Brent Burns again, you know, talk yep. about Pavelski, 16 points. Brent Burns, 14 points. They, not surprisingly, they've been their yep. best guys. Joe Thornton only got two goals to his credit after his first 18 games, but... The 10 assists give him 12 points. That's not all bad. Hurdles, 9 points in his first 17 games. That's that's pretty good for a guy who still has plenty of room to grow. But I look at the veterans like Logan Couture, 4 goals, 5 assists. Maybe it's just me, but I was expecting a little bit more from him after 18 games. Same with Patrick Marlowe. He's just got 4 goals and 5 points after 18 games. Um, we've seen him play much better than that. Um, and while Joel Ward isn't much of a goal scorer, I'm sure four points in 18 games is not uh, not the kind of Joel Ward that we're used to seeing. Uh, I, I've seen him put up much better uh, regular season numbers than that. And Mikhail Bodker, I mean, they, they, they signed this guy uh, to, you know, bolster their depth offensively. Only two goals in 18 games to his credit this year. He really needs to pick it up. And yeah. I think... You're going to see the San Jose Sharks that went to the 2016 finals if everyone you know, picks picks up where they left off uh, last year and really gets on a roll because, um, I mean, Martin, they're relying too heavily on Martin Jones right now. Like, he started in 16 games for the Sharks this year. That's the second most appearances of any goalie in the league. Cam Talbot leads the way. Um, the good news is, like New Jersey, they're very disciplined. Top five penalty kill speaks to that. Uh, not too physical, top 10 shot blocker in the NHL, however. Um, and I'm just looking at their offense and why they're struggling. They have 230 missed shots. That's the ninth highest in the NHL. So a lack of execution offensively might explain for some of their struggles. Um, they've also given the puck away 199 times, the third most of any team this year. And they're also a bottom five team in the faceoff dot. So... Couple that with uh, the face-off uh, struggles. Uh, those turnovers don't help your cause one bit. Uh, also, the Sharks were league-best 28-10-3 and three on the road last year, probably the main reason why they made the playoffs in the first place and went to the Stanley Cup Finals this year, 5-6-1 and one after their first 12 road games. And like the Devils, they don't give up too many goals in the opening 20, but in the second frame, they've been outscored 19-10, to 10. And they're, uh, like you said, in the league's bottom 10 when it comes to scoring goals overall, which is a bit shocking when you consider they were a top five team in goals for last year. So yeah. I think once everyone picks it up, I think you're going to start to see the, the, the team that we were used to seeing so often last year in the second half of last year that really made a statement and went to the Stanley Cup playoffs and yeah. took it from there. We all know what happened after that. Yeah, so. I was about to say, I feel like they always like uh, start, the Sharks always start slow and then they pick it up towards the end. Although I'm looking at their schedule, their schedule last year, they went on like a couple of winning streaks here, but 
Um, for the most part, they usually, but then like in December, they went on a six game losing streak and then they had like a five game winning streak. And so it's like, um, they go through these streaks. It seems like when I'm looking at their past schedules here. Um, so Um, I, I think I'm, I'm going to say they're for real, but only temporarily. (laughs) So technically not for real. Uh, they'll I, I, I have confidence that they'll pick it up. They're kind of lucky that they're um, they're in a, a weak conference. So, um, but I think they'll still make the playoffs because they'll they'll figure it out towards the end of the year, which is what they did last year. Um, it's just figures things out towards the end of the year. So I think they're just a team that starts slow, really. Um, that that would and be my they, diagnosis. They also had to face a, a lot of yeah. pretty good teams. I mean. Um, the Kings won the only game that Quick has played in this year. Um, they faced Columbus twice, the Rangers, the Islanders. Uh, also faced uh, the Penguins twice. They faced uh, Anaheim and Nashville a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Washington, Tampa Bay, uh, St. Louis, who beat them 3-2 to two on Thursday. They're going to have Chicago uh, this coming Wednesday. And then uh, the Islanders and Ducks, and uh, they host them in back-to-back nights. They got a huge five-game homestand that starts with their game in New Jersey. So, yeah. Uh, the, well, it's in San Jose, the, the, but yeah. The, if there's one thing that almost knocked them out of the playoffs before it even started was their home record last year. They really need to take advantage of the home ice they've got this year because it's going to be a long year if they don't. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, we're now on to the rapid-fire more injury news, so we're just going to list off all these different injuries of players that are a little less important than the three guys we've already mentioned. Um, DJ Oshie is uh, week to week. It appears that it's a um, a upper body injury. Or mm-hmm. it's not, I hate when people say like upper body or lower body because they don't want like teams to target those things. Just like tell us which one it is. It's like so generic, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, Capitals have an upper body injury. I just I'm looking here at Roto World's injury list. I don't know if you look at this at all, but uh, I just noticed that Winnipeg has like eight uh, injuries on here, uh, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, yeah, so TJ Oshie is week to week. Um, again, this is a lot like uh, the Lightning, where. The Capitals have a lot of forward depth, so I don't know yeah. how much they'll really miss him. But, um, but there's it, that. To, to put up the kind of numbers, to put up 12 points when yeah. you average just over two shots a game, uh, to do as ma- the kind of damage that he's been able to do uh, in his first 17 games, that's pretty good. And it just speaks to the amount of depth that Washington has. And probably his best game of the year, what's unfortunate, came again, uh, the game before he got hurt against Pittsburgh when he got four points. So. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing how quickly the tables can turn on you and, and your team. You know, you can be real good uh, one game, and then in the Capitals case against Detroit, you can lose three players to injury in one period. So. Right. Um, then we're going to, uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, uh, we're going, uh, Patrick Hornquist is out with a concussion. Um, it, I don't. Th- I think he's out indefinitely. Uh, let me check. Yeah, oh, he's day to day. He's day to day. I guess concussions. You're de- you're always out indefinitely, right? If you have a concussion. Um, but it says here that he's day to day. But 
Um, also, it looks like uh, Kunitz is day-to-day, and uh, Matt Murray are, is also day-to-day, but uh, they're not I, on the I injury think, list uh, yet. I know for sure Murray and uh, Hornquist, they got hurt in that yep. loss to Washington, so they lost more than the game on that night, it seems. Right. But, um, and Hornquist, Hornquist but they're again, not on this injury another, list another depth guy that won't hurt your team really is lost, but... Yeah. Still a, a important guy to have on your team because 13 points in 16 games for a team that has Crosby and Malkin and all those guys. Um, a, a guy like Patrick Hornquist really matters to, you know, the, the amount of depth, the amount of scoring punch that your team possesses. So Yeah. Um, now we're going to, like, the really, really um, minor players here. Uh, Darren Helm should, uh, is out... Um, it says that he should be out three to six, six to eight weeks, but uh, they're saying he's out indefinitely. Um, he has he injured his shoulder, dislocated um, shoulder. Won't yep. need surgery. That's the good news. But out for at least six weeks. Yep. And it, again, it, he doesn't really provide that much of a scoring punch for Detroit, but still, you know, a veteran depth yep. guy that they need. I'm just looking here at Detroit's injury list. They have a lot. But it's like a lot of minor, minor uh, players like Athanasu, Jer- Yurko, Nosik, like a Joe Vital, Johan Franson, um, those guys. But like, uh, it's not like Nyquist or Zetterberg or whoever. Um, Seidenberg's out. Uh, he has a face injury. He's out indefinitely. Um, the, I heard he was. Uh, I heard it was a broken jaw, so that could be problematic. Yeah, that's not great. Um, he's out indefinitely, though. But I just noticed. I was just looking at this injury list and saw like he injured his face. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you don't see that often. The, he took a puck to the face in OT loss versus Florida last weekend. Yep. Scott Mayfield will fill in while he's out, and four goals and eight points in fifteen games. That's pretty good numbers for. Uh, for Dennis Seidenberg, and it's numbers, again, that this yep. team needs on defense when you consider just a week ago they lost Travis Hamnick long-term due to injury, and uh, now that Seidenberg's out, that further uh, expands on uh, the uh, injury woes that they've had. Yeah, uh, speaking of um, so some good news here, Patrick Sharp returned. Um, he uh, returned last night. Last night, uh, he didn't get any points uh, in the five to two Edmonton win um, over the Stars, but he did return. Um, so that's good news for the Stars there. Um, I think that I don't think I think isn't Spezza still injured, right? Uh, I don't know if he's still injured, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't been putting up uh, the kind of numbers oh, that uh, they're probably uh, expecting him to. And I was paying him all that money. <laughs> I was thinking of Yuri Hudler. Uh, Hudler yeah, is injured. He, he's on my yeah. fantasy team. He's been dealing with yeah. major illness, and he hasn't come back yet. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of injuries him. here, like uh, Landeskog, Duchesne, um, Seth Jones. I'm just putting it up. For, people here. A lot of people in the Sabres, like O'Reilly, um, yeah. Kulikov, Bogesian, uh, Pastor Nick will talk about, but, um, yeah. Um, Stars need a guy like Patrick Sharp right now. I mean, like 18 yeah. games in the year, I checked the stats. Uh, include, if you include last night's game, they have five guys with at least 10 points. Two of them are named Patrick Eves and Antoine Roussel. So, yeah. 
That's they true. Need some, they need some proven veteran scoring on that. Yeah. Uh, on that top Although line. I don't know if uh, Eves, like, do you think Eves and uh, Roussel will be good now that Patrick Sharp I, is back? I I think they'll be decent. I I think yeah. maybe most of their stats have been because they were put on probably the top two lines. Right. Um, but now that Patrick Sharp is back, you, you would hope if if uh, if he gets on a roll, then maybe the rest of the team can pick it up. Because yep. again, like like we said about I I said I didn't trust their defense, and I thought they were going to regress um, yep. to third in their division. Uh, they've gone a lot farther than that. They're uh, at at that point at this time we're talking about uh, the stars on on this uh, podcast as we're recording it on a Sunday yep. afternoon. They're out of the playoff picture, but yeah, again, apparently. it's still early, but. I mean, they when are not tough division. Against, but when yeah. you look at their goals against, it's not pretty. Yeah, Patrick Eves did get a goal, though, but they did lose 5-2. to two, So, um, <laughs> that's, uh, um, yeah, that's not good. Um, let's see here. Also, Mike, also, Mike Smith is back for the Arizona Coyotes uh, from oh, right. his injury from a couple weeks ago. He looks pretty good in his first two games back. So. That's nice. Good for Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Canucks assigned Jake Ferdinand to the AHL again. This is the second time in the last two weeks they've done this, um, which is, um, I don't know, kind of interesting. Um, I think you had a, something you wanted to say about this. Yeah, right? um, I mean, last year he, he, he got off to a slow start in the first half. They let him ride it out and find a scoring touch, and he did to a certain extent in the second half. Only at one point in his first 10 games this year, um, they're deciding to kickstart his confidence by sending him down to the AHL, and that's what they should have done last year. Um, and when, when they did that the first time, they brought him back up, they scratched him for one or two games, and then sent him back down to Utica. I mean, if you're bringing him up just as you know insurance, um, and you're not going to play him, and then you just send him back down, like you know those th- during that time, you could probably get two or three AHL games out of him, and and maybe. F- Give, maybe get him some more confidence because this is a guy that really needs it right now. Uh, forget playing time. He needs confidence. Yeah. And, I mean, at, ever since scoring 45 goals in 71 uh, WHL games in his second year at the Calgary Hitman, um, we really haven't seen him be that dominant force. Um, in his first 65 NHL games, he's only got eight goals. Uh, he, like I said, he needs playing time. He needs confidence. And for the sake of his future – he either needs an extended stay and a consistent routine in the AHL or an extended stay and a consistent routine in the NHL, and he needs to contribute. And in order to do that, you need to give him some confidence. And if you're not going to be willing to blow up your team and trade whatever assets you have, then you need to give him some playing time um, in, a, in a league where you think he's going to thrive. And I think mm-hmm. the AHL, they, I think they rushed him too quickly, and I think they're they realize that they probably have done so, and they're trying to make it right by getting him some extended playing time in the AHL. I hear it's going to be an extended stay for him, and hopefully he finds his groove quick because, like Bo Horvat, Jake Vertanen is going to be the future of the Vancouver Canucks, and he's not going to be the future if he can't score points. Uh, speaking of someone who's found their groove, um, but doesn't, hasn't had a ton of ice time for it, uh, who's technically a backup, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, um, he has back-to-back shutouts, um, mm-hmm. for the times that he started, um, he, um, oh wait, did I miss, I, oh, oh yeah, never mind, um, I thought 
the uh, I skipped a thing. Uh, his uh, so he shut out the Islanders on November fourteenth. Um, then Bishop took uh, took uh, on Detroit the next day, and then he also uh, took on Buffalo that uh, the next game. And then Vasilevsky uh, shut out the Flyers yesterday on November nineteenth, or I guess Saturday. Um, so that's his. Uh, so he shut out. And if you look at the uh, the leaderboards right now, he leads the um, he leads the league in save percentage with nine point nine five three, just ahead of Carey Price, and he uh, also leads the league in goals against average with 1.43 just ahead of Tuka Rask. So, um, so yeah, he's been pretty good. Although I don't, I think Bishop's been pretty good too. So, um, but there is some kind of like goalie, uh, goalie controversy here, um, for, uh, with, uh, Vasilevsky and, uh, Bishop. Um, well, until but, until they decide what to do with Bishop, it's going to stay that way. I mean, when yeah. he, uh, but if they they have a luxury and they they need to take advantage of it while they still have one. That's because true. When you have two really good goalies on your team, you need to take advantage yeah. of that. I mean, it uh, they're they're in a much better situation um, than the Calgary Flames are. I mean, you look at Brian yeah. Elliott; he might still be their number one guy, but true. he's been sitting on the bench for a while, and that's because. Um, Chad Johnson, the hockey player, not the famous football star. Yeah. Um, he's he's been better at the numbers game than Brian this year, and Chad is a journeyman backup. Yeah. Yet he's four three and one with a two point three five goals against average and a nine ten save percentage. And when you get both games of a back to back, and then two days later get a game against Chicago, and Brian's on the bench for all three, doesn't face a single shot, a single second of ice time. Yeah. Um, it, that's that's probably about as good a kick in the butt as a as a proven number one uh, starter in this league is going to get. Yeah. And you look at his first eleven starts. Brian Elliott needs a little bit of a wake up <laughs> call because he's three eight uh, three eight and zero. As three NHL teams as a group have given up thirty seven goals or fewer than Brian Elliott has. And in six of his 11 starts this year, Brian has, was exposed at least four times by the opposition. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, uh, might be uh, might call it a tough start to the to his uh, career as a Calgary Flame, but uh, um, it's a night and day difference when you look oh. at Calgary's goaltending situation compared to Tampa's. Yeah, that's true. Although I just looked at that's, that is a good point. Those are good parallels. Um, although I did just look at the Ben Bishop's statistics, he has a 277 goals against average and a 909 save percentage, which isn't too bad, not great though either. So, um, and he's seven and five. And Vasilevsky has only played seven games, and he's five one and one. So, um, but they play on Tampa Bay, and there yeah, is the difference. T- that's true. Yeah, and Tampa Bay has better forwards and defense than uh calgary does they're just a better team but um still like you know vasilevsky has been playing much better than Bush- bishop has but i don't think bishop's gonna relinquish the uh this his starting jobs anytime soon which is kind of crazy though although if vasilevsky plays the way he does i don't th- i don't know how john cooper can uh take him out you know so we, that's something you sh- we should all look out for. Um, Edmonton 
had uh, we we had on this that they lost eight in a row, um, and not that anymore. not and not anymore. And also, we had that Connor McDavid hasn't scored a goal in the month of November. Um, not also, not anymore. Uh, so yeah, Edmonton uh, broke that streak. Uh, they beat uh, the Dallas Stars, which was a team we talked about five to two. Uh, Connor McDavid had a hat trick, his first career hat trick, um, and yeah, so uh, uh, so uh, we were gonna cover. We I I thought we were gonna cut it, but uh, considering this was his first career hat trick, uh, there's a shout out to him. Uh, yeah, and uh, Edmonton got their elusive tenth win of the season, and yep. it took them a lot longer to get to ten wins last year than it did this also, year. Also, Drake Kagila had. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he got a... Uh, Gagula or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he had his debut last night, um, and he had an assist. So, go Drake Kigila, <laughs> however you pronounce his name. I'm going to mess that up every time. Um, now we go on to some minor league hockey news. Um, there's uh, Craig Cunningham, who is of the HL... Tucson Coyotes. He was uh, he was actually a Boston Bruins. Um, oh, sorry, Tucson Roadrunners. Um, they're the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, affiliate. Um, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Did yeah. anyone see that? Uh, oh yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, their captain Craig Cunningham. He had a heart attack. Um, and they had to uh, they had to suspend the game. This kind of reminds me of Rich Peverly when he had a heart attack or had a stroke the other day, uh, a couple of years ago. I don't know if yeah. you remember that, but it, it, yeah. it, it still seems like it's yesterday. Like yeah. I even go further back in when Yuri Fisher had. It. I think that was uh, yeah. like I, I remember just just watching the highlight pack of the morning after and just like. You really hate to see that. And, and what, what uh, did Craig Cunningham? Was that in the middle of game action, or was he on the bench? Um, it looks like he was on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading this article really quickly. Um, yeah, he appeared. Cunningham appeared to convulse after hitting the ice. Um, Hit the ice. He just oh. okay. So yeah, he collapsed on the ice. So wow. it wasn't so middle so, game action or something. So yeah, it wasn't like Peverly. He just like collapsed. Wow. Um, that's that's really scary stuff. Uh, yeah. I saw a tweet from Milan Lucic about it too. Yeah, so. Milan Lucic, Max Domi, Zach Boychuk, Ray Ferraro, Christian Dvorak, Johnny Boychuk, Tyler Sagan, David yeah. Pasternak all uh, tweeted out something on them. So, um, yeah, uh, he is a Bruins play. He was a Bruins draft pick. So all those guys have some Bruins, um, affiliations with this guy, but, um, yeah, um, he had, apparently I'm reading here in 2010, he had three goals and eight points in 63 NHL games, but nonetheless, he's, uh, he's still a hockey player. So, uh, our well wishes to him. Um, and, uh, hope he, uh, he survives or is, um, fine with that. Um, yeah, and, on, on the eve of American yeah. Thanksgiving, no less. Exactly. 
Um, in some sad news, the uh, NWHL, in their second season, they are forced to cut their players' salaries in half. Um, I, I think it's more infuriating than sad, yeah. but yeah, sad. It's sad, too. I mean, it's like, you know, like, it should be doing better. This league should be doing better than um, than that, but yeah. Um, you're right, it's yeah. also infuriating, like, why can't they sell tickets uh, yeah, according well. to Complete Hockey News, the salaries got cut in half after the business model became "quote unquote" unsustainable. Yeah, uh, I guess it. I guess it is unsustainable when the league maximum <laughs> salary goes from twenty six grand to just thirteen grand, and yep. the league minimum drops from ten grand to five grand. On top of that, they've also defaulted on their payments to Bauer for hockey equipment, a company, by the way, who is uh, also going through financial struggles of their own. Right. I don't under. I mean. I'm trying to think, like, of other women's hockey, like, women's sports leagues. Like, really, the WNBA is the only one that's kind of successful. Yeah. And I think that's... Oh, that's successful. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the NBA, like, helps support it. So I was... I'm thinking, like... I feel like the NHL could do more and, like, uh, help promote this uh, league. Um, but... I don't know if it's going to happen now, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I just remember a couple. I, I just remember a couple of years ago with with the Olympics, and I keep hearing rumblings. You know, women's hockey, the future of women's hockey yeah. is going to be back in 2018, and 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 then it's unfortunately no surprise when you hear news like this that a women's hockey league is just struggling to stay afloat. Like it's it, it's just not nearly as as popular as it should be. And, and yep. Um, it's really unfortunate because there are a lot of talented uh, women's hockey players. I mean, Shannon Sabados, um, yeah, um, uh, just got signed for Saskatchewan Chiefs. Uh, yeah, Ka- Ka- uh, Kessel's sister is it Amanda. Amanda, Amanda yeah, Kessel? Amanda okay. Kessel. Yeah, and uh, just just uh, Jesse Better of the Americans too. Yeah. Um, uh, Finnish goalie, her name escapes me as well, but she's very good as well. And, and there are a lot of talented athletes that play women's hockey. And um, if they, if they had the proper foundation, I think they'd be a lot more highly regarded than they are. Yeah, today. I and think it's Ailey Wickenizer is probably the cream of the crop there too. True, I think it's mostly just has to do with the fact like you watch them in the Olympics, and you know it's really just the U.S. and the um, and Canada. Yeah. Um, and then you have like that, I think that, yeah, I remember that Finnish goaltender and that was the only one that was close, but yeah, the, um, it's always just Canada and USA, but, um, I think, you know, it's like, there are some strides, but it's still, there are some strides in women's hockey, but, um, I feel like there could be more. Um, Florence Schelling at Swiss goalie, also pretty good. Yeah. Um, some, we, we report every trade here. Um, Anaheim trades Michael Scarbosa to Florida for Logan Shaw. Kind of a minor trade, but we do report every trade. Um, let's see here. Uh, Russell Wilson wants hockey and basketball in Seattle. He's reportedly reportedly a part of this group that's going to bring um, a hockey team and a basketball team in Seattle. Um, yeah, they're we'll called see the, they're the Sonics Arena group, and yeah. um, the NHL's approach on Seattle has been wait and see to this point. Yeah. I think this announcement might take this campaign to a whole new level because you look at Drake yeah. when he became the ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. They weren't in dire straits or anything. They were an NBA team on the rise. 
Uh, but people wanted to play for Toronto yeah. once Drake came on board because they had a good young group, ready to make some noise. But Drake gives gives them that street cred that they need. And <laughs> it's not just a well-known athlete that Russell Wilson is yeah. that's on this group's side. It's a well-known personality echoing sure. the same exact message they're trying to preach. He wants today's youth to watch local athletes make a good impression. He wants a kid from Seattle cheering for a team that is based in Seattle. And he, when he was asked about this, he described watching the Sonics as a kid. Guys like Sean Kemp, guys like Kerry Payton, Ray Allen played for them. And before they moved to OKC, Kevin Durant was drafted by the Seattle Sonics. Yeah. So uh, when when you have that kind of a market um, that can probably do better than just WHL hockey, um, that can, you know, yeah. That that probably should have an NBA team. I, I think a guy like Russell Wilson really helps their cause. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And if you uh if you see any of the Seahawks games, their fans go crazy for the Seahawks. Yeah. Or Sounders games. Um Yeah, they're 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 the definition they, of the twelfth yeah. man for sure. So hockey for- could use a, a like a team like that. Um yeah. even the manners, even though they're they haven't been as good as they usually are but like you know they get a lot they get a lot of crowds there too so seattle is definitely a sports town and they kind of deserve a hockey and basketball team there although i i wouldn't say the drake comparison is comparable considering the raptors were already a team before uh drake became an owner there but i do get your point in terms of influence um, it's just the influence yeah. and the street cred that Russell Wilson Sorry. brings that Drake brings to the yep. Toronto Raptors. Um, so the uh, Islanders moved to Brooklyn, um, and now they're the uh, they were they are the only team. Um, they're not doing so well, but um, speak is just you know I guess it was just a transition transition from uh, an island. They moved to Brooklyn, and now they're the only team in the league without a road win. They can win on the home, but they can't win on the road. Yeah. Um, they still are the only team. They, uh, I think they lost. They lost last night, or they didn't play last no, night. No, they didn't play last night. Um. And the Rangers the Ranger, had the, the yeah. Rangers. Meanwhile, they can win anywhere. Yeah, their <laughs> counter, their New York counterpart. Um. Although I guess technically they're kind of part because I don't know if the Islanders, are, Brooklyn isn't really a part of Manhattan, but the Rangers had a league-leading goal differential of plus 32 heading into Saturday. The next closest is Montreal with uh, 18, um, and it's funny too because Montreal lost that 10 nothing game to Columbus, but uh, yeah, so 30 plus 32 is uh, the Rangers' lead by far. Um, I assume you already know, but the, uh, do you want to guess on who has the worst differential? Um, I am going to say Dallas. Uh, Vancouver. Ah, yeah. They have minus 20. Minus Um, 20, Dallas has minus 14. Calgary has minus 19. Um, but yeah, so Vancouver has the worst. Um, yeah, Vancouver also had a three nothing lead to Chicago, and they yeah. lost in overtime. So Shannon Sabados uh, got signed. Uh, we I think we already mentioned that. Uh, I I, don't, I think yeah. I was talking over top of you, so you, you might as well tell the audience again. Well, she, yeah, she it's, it's okay. She uh, yeah, so she was signed. She got signed to um, 
Hold on, I had it here, didn't I? Um, uh, it was like... Port something, port you're on... Uh... Where did I... Uh, I just got rid of it, and then... Oh, the Fort, the, the Fort Saskatchewan Chiefs. Fort Saskatchewan Chiefs, that's it. Um, I'm not sure what league that is, but um, it is a league. Um, I know I, she played for the Columbus Cottonmouths or something like that. Yeah. Um, um, which is, I, be, I believe, a, I can't remember what league, but it's a, it was a men's league, I believe. Right. Uh, and, and, and if people don't remember Haley Wickenizer, she actually played a bit of men's hockey in Sweden as well. So yeah. uh, playing uh, a girl playing in a men's league, you know, it's, it's, it's not common, but, you know, it, it it's happened. So exactly. this is, uh, again, another real good stepping stone for women's hockey. And yeah. again, it just goes to show you, it should be a lot more popular than it is. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, player, uh, the uh, NHL governor's meeting was uh, this week, and apparently they've decided that players will soon be able to go more than once in the shootout next season. So if you do remember, that Sochi uh, Olympic U.S. Russia final with uh, Kovalchuk and Oshi duking it out. Um, there's going to be more of that. Um, which and I, for all, uh, for for all you Canadian fans who saw Jonathan Taves yep. score three times uh, against uh, the Americans in the 07 World Juniors yep. in the semifinals to determine who goes to the gold medal game, you might see Jonathan Taves score three times in the NHL. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I actually kind of I like this idea because it's like um, I've always thought about how like. Um, you know how in baseball you have the closer and it's only, it's always just like, it's like a specialist who just, um, yeah. does one thing, like just yeah. does the late, like only can go one inning or whatever. And like here it's like, you're going to have like at least one guy, like your Franz Nielsen, TJ Oshie guys who are, who are just there just because of the shootout. And that's like, and they're like a hero in a sense. Um, the downside is when you go for like a 17, 18 round shootout and you won't get to see Merrick, a guy like Merrick Malik go between his legs to win it for your team. So true. that's the unfortunate part. I guess you that's won't have too many more of those moments. I but. guess that's a good point, but I don't know if that's like a bad thing necessarily. Well, yeah, that, that doesn't happen often. Right. So. But I mean, like you get like you'll get to see more Franz Nielsen and TJ Oshi and guys who are good at the shootout. But yeah, um, I also heard that uh, the NHL discussed um, uh, letting their players participate in the 2018 Olympics um, under the condition that they extend the CBA by a couple of years, which is interesting. Okay. So interesting. Uh, worth keeping an eye and yeah. an ear out at. Um, yeah, so now we're on to the Bruins Sens segment. We, uh, we're actually at 58, the 58 minute mark here, so, um, we'll have to make it quick. But yeah, so the, I guess, did I start last week or did you start last week? Um, I've, I can start to this. Okay. I think I, I think you started, uh. Yeah, I think I started last week. Uh, yeah. So you go uh, this You sense. can go first. I don't care. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, the Bruins, um, they played, um, they played, they had a pretty, uh, relaxed schedule this week. Um, they had, um, you know, they played, uh, Colorado on Sunday. Uh, they shut them out to nothing. 
and outshot them by a wide margin. Uh, yeah, I, might add. I think it's they outshot be, uh, them twenty to something in the forty-six twenty. It's forty-six twenty-one overall, but yeah, yeah, yeah pretty um, Then on Thursday, uh, we uh, they lost to Minnesota, a one to nothing. It was kind of an unfortunate thing because Michael Granlin scored in like the last like thirty seconds of the game. Um, didn't they also, didn't Boston also have a goal disallowed? Yeah, there was. It was like it was like one of those offside things that didn't uh, really have anything to do with it. But it was an offside thing, so I could see why they did it. But it was like like ten seconds after the goal was scored, so I don't know. It was weird. But um, but there was like an own to make it worse. There was an own. It was like an own goal where McQuay like kicked it in to his own net. Um. And so that was that was definitely a frustrating loss that we should have had back. But kudos to um, kudos to Devin Dubnik and Tuka Rask. It was definitely like a goalies duel because they both were. It was both pretty even for both teams. Um, Minnesota was pretty good. Now. I was selfishly kind of hoping yeah. it would stay scoreless going overtime and then go to yeah. a shootout because because shootout goals don't count. Then both of them would have gotten me a shutout for my fantasy team, and shutout yeah. is worth five points. So. I, I, I would have been, I was like preparing for an overtime when I was watching, but it was like, uh, um, and then all of a sudden that happened, I was just like, uh, oh, damn it, why did that have to happen? But whatever. Um, and then last night, or on Saturday, um, Winnipeg, they played in Winnipeg. Um, Rask played well. Um, but it wasn't big, tested a whole lot, which is good. Yeah, no, I was about to say, the, uh, the big news there was that um, the sh- they only uh, uh, they only g- gave up twelve shots uh, to win it for for Winnipeg, um, which I thought um, which is kind of crazy. Um, I did mention earlier in the show that uh, the Bru- uh, the Winnipeg Jets have a ton of injuries, including Tyler Myers and a lot of their defensive players and forwards, but. Um, still 12 shots. It's kind of crazy. Um, the Bruins are fourth in, uh, in the league in goals against, um, Tuka Rask has only given up two goals in his last three games. Um, so it is good. I would say that our defense has definitely improved, uh, especially with the additions of Brendan Carlo and Colin Miller. Um, the crazy thing about Brendan Carlo is, is that he's only 19 years old. Um, so he's only going to get better. And so maybe we don't need to have a big tree cause we have a guy in our system, uh, and his name is Brandon Carlo. Um, but, um, I, I'd still, um, I'd still, uh, we'll see, um, how good he can be consistently cause obviously he's only played 18 games, but, um, and it should be interesting to see once uh, uh, Kevin Miller gets back, um, if that's going to help. But um, he is; it is; it does help that he's he's paired with Chara now. Um, but it is cool to see that um, Colin Miller is there, um, was, or not Colin Miller. Brandon uh, Carlo is doing well. Um, also, um, guys like uh, Tim Schaller. Uh, Sean Carrarly, Austin Zarnick are also playing really well uh, for the Bruins, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely interesting. 
Um, also, uh, to mention, Pasternak has an undisclosed injury. He's day-to-day. Um, it's kind of unfortunate considering he was a top one of our goal leaders. Um, but, uh, you know, Marshawn, that, that just means Marshawn, Bergeron, Bacchus, and Krejci, and Spooner, they all have to pick it up now. Um, and maybe if, if Tuka Rask and our defense are playing this way, we may not need Pasternak as well, but um, we'll see. Um, I was actually just looking at our schedule. It looks like we play you you guys. Yeah, Thanksgiving um, Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday. For you guys, anyway. Right, but I'll be, yeah, for, uh, for us, but not for you guys. Um, no, it'll just be a regular Thursday yeah. night game for us. We play the Blues on Tuesday, um, and then Calgary on Friday, um, and then Sunday we play uh, Tampa Bay Lightning at 1. So, uh, yeah, um, that's our schedule. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be an interesting test. Like, three pretty good teams right there, especially St. Louis and Tampa Bay, and although they... Their goals for differential is a minus right now. You know, they're still above 500 team, and yeah. I last checked second in their division. So um, I, I, I think what Boston can't afford to do right now is, is uh, if this makes any sense, they, they can't afford to be too complacent. They can't yep. afford to sit back. You know, when, when you get four – when you get eight of a possible ten points um, before – getting three days off, and then you, you play a really good game against Minnesota, and then you yep. hold Winnipeg to just 12 shots on goal, uh, and you, you go on a roll, and two is unbeatable. The last thing you want to do is just sit back and think everything's just going to come no, their I way. Agree. They, they think, need to keep up the yeah, momentum. This, this week is important for them, um, especially since we do play Tampa Bay and Ottawa, um, who, are both gonna, who are both competing for in our division. But... You know, St. Louis and Calgary aren't any slouches either. Although I guess Calgary is kind of a slouch, but St. Louis is isn't a slouch, so that should be interesting. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the Ottawa Senators side of things, Eric Carlson is engaged. Um, they got another close win in the shootout. There, believe I it or heard not, that he had, I thought I heard like he proposed with a pizza or something like yes. that. Yes. Right? Yes. He put the he put the wedding ring in the pizza. Yeah. She said yes, and then they ate the pizza. Yep. Yeah. Quite the romantic, the engagement ring, <laughs> I should say. Uh, they got another close win in a shootout. They're three and zero this year. NHL best, believe it or not, which is good considering they're not historically good in shootouts overall. Uh, forced Minnesota into overtime last Sunday despite giving up forty two shots. They got thirty six on target though. Um, to do that against the most defensively sound team in the NHL right now, that's impressive. Uh, but ever since they honored a former senator named Mike Fisher for playing in his 1,000th NHL game, a milestone that deserves some recognition and as much recognition as Mike received on Thursday night, uh, things have not gone according to plan. Uh, they've been outscored 9-2 to over their last two home games, and those two losses came against teams that both gave up six goals in their previous game, both in losing efforts to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's not bad-mouthing the Leafs or the teams that you know, got beat up by them, but uh, still, um, to, to only score two goals in, in two home games, that that needs a little bit of work there. Um, the good news is there were a few takeaways from Saturday's 4-1 loss to Florida. They generated 
Ottawa did. They generated 41, uh, 40 shots on goal. They had 83 shot attempts. They only gave up 23 shots on goal, and they did not take a single penalty. And that shots on goal tally could have been a lot more one-sided if it wasn't for Florida's 29 block shots, 12 of which were credited to Mark Pissick. 12 block shots for one guy. That's impressive. Uh, also on the plus side in that game was Derek Broussard and Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, Pajot had a goal. Broussard did not. But both have been snake-bitten in terms of goal scoring, finding the puck and, and getting it on goal and, and scoring goals. Uh, they combined for 13 shots on the night against Florida, so that's welcome news for both guys. Uh, then again, moral victories don't mean anything if, in this league if you're not winning or not scoring goals, period. Um, I remember I said last week that you know the offense is going to come eventually. Well, preferably it needs to come now. They mm-hmm. need to start executing. They need to score goals because now it's getting to the point where people are, uh, where teams are figuring out their defense. They're exposing them more, and th- and their offense needs to pick up the pace. They have not scored more than three times in regulation since October 25th in Vancouver. That's 12 straight games. And they also have Bobby Ryan and Mike Hoffman that are uh, day-to-day. Um, Ryan's got an uh, injury to his finger. Uh, Mike Hoffman is day-to-day. Um, I think it's undisclosed. Um, and it, it would be pretty good if they if both can return this week because they're going to need all hands on deck because yeah. they have a big sure. schedule. Uh, they're in Montreal on Tuesday. It could be a long night if Carey Price is in the net this time because the first time they played Montreal, they had Al Montoya and Gold. Price hadn't recovered from injury yep. at that point. Uh, then, as you mentioned, they host a Bruins squad on Thanksgiving Day in America, a team that's been almost unbeatable when Tuka Rask is in the net. They've only lost twice. Uh, they've won every other time. Um, then they host Carolina on Saturday for the second time this month. First meeting needed some 4 on 4 to decide a winner. And if their second meeting yeah, heads into overtime, you got to wonder how much they'll have left in the tank for their road game against the Rangers on Sunday. Um, to be fair, the Blue Shirts play Pittsburgh twice in home-and-home, and, home, and then they have a Friday night game against Philly. But that offense is still smoking hot. Either way, yeah. you slice it. And the Sens are going to be in for a doozy if they don't show up and if they're not ready to play. The Rangers are going to give them a tough time for sure. Um the big news, I think, that came out of Ottawa this week, however, was the team's decision to place Andrew the Hamburglar Hammond on waivers. Um, he doesn't have an AHL option under his current contract, and by Monday we'll find out if someone claimed him or not. But a team like L.A. that needs some help in goal could just swoop him and claim him for nothing. And uh, the unfortunate part for this organization and for Andrew is that the Hamburglar has not returned to the form that we saw during the Sens' remarkable second-half surge uh, a couple of years ago. He's shown flashes of it, but not the consistent moments of freelance that we saw during that unexpected run to the playoffs in 2015. Right. Um, and as soon as they snaked Mike Condon from Pittsburgh, I knew that Hammond's future was, at best, uncertain. Because even if he stays with the team, and even if he gets recalled the next time Anderson takes a leave of absence... It remains to be seen if he can ever regain a spot on the Sens roster if Mike Condon is there. And when you look at all the goalies that Ottawa has acquired over time that are now with different teams, uh, Ben Bishop through a, a trade that we only had to give up a low draft pick. Uh, we, we, did, we gave up a low draft pick to St. Louis. That was it. And then we didn't get really that big of a return for Ben Bishop. He's now in Tampa, and we all know how good he's been doing. 
Robin and we did that because Robin Leonard was, you know, the goalie of the future. We had him dubbed that the day we drafted him. And then he gets traded to Buffalo. And before getting Craig Anderson, we had Brian Elliott. We traded him to Colorado for Craig Anderson. And Brian Elliott uh, sh- uh, found his groove in St. Louis. Um, and then you have the Hamburglar, uh, who before he went on that magical run, uh, I think a team torched him for three goals in less than a minute in an AHL game. So now you look at their goaltending situation after Craig Anderson, Mike Condon is now the guy. So they went from Ben Bishop to Robin Leonard, um, Brian Elliott slash Craig Anderson, the Hamburglar. And now after Anderson, you have Mike Condon. So it begs, it begs the question, what does their master plan look like now? Once Andy's playing days are done, are you confident with a Matt O'Connor as your future? Or are you confident with Chris Drieger as your future? I mean, just looking at the way, uh, uh, just looking at the fact they had Ben Bishop, Robin Leonard, and Craig Anderson all on the same team for one year, and two of those three guys are now gone. Yeah, it, it just makes you wonder how could they have handled this differently. This is just poor asset management, in my opinion. The good news, though, for that though, is Anderson Hammond. Andrew Hammond, not Anderson Hammond. Andrew Hammond yeah. got cleared waivers, so you don't have to worry about him okay. doing I, I think that's probably why no one claimed him is because yeah. he hasn't really shown Been that good. Uh, the Hamburglar hasn't really emerged since that match will run. Yeah, it's, yeah, he was the sole reason why the Bruins didn't make the playoffs that year. But, um, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, th- that is a good point, though. I guess people aren't too big on nostalgia. Um, yeah. we'll see. It's, it's more, what yeah. have you done for me lately? And, and, yeah. and, and, uh, one, I was chatting with one of my sports guys, uh, one of the sports guys that uh, works at the same building as me. And I asked, and, and I overheard him, uh, and someone else have a discussion, you know, once Andrew Hammond is healthy and I saw him on the bench in that Nashville game, um, he was backing up Mike Condon. Once Andrew Hammond's healthy, what happens? And he said, Mike Condon's the better goalie. I mean, that's kind of true I too. Think, I, at this point, I think he's right. Yep. Uh, you also, did you mention that Curtis Lazar got called up? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Uh, in a yep. corresponding move, they also recalled Curtis Lazar. He uh, played uh, the majority of the last two years in the uh, NHL. Um, and um, he, he's done fairly well, but he had a battle with Mono. Uh, started the season in the, in the AHL for a conditioning stint, and now he's back. Okay. So we'll see yeah, how much playing time he gets. It's just kind of cool, to, which uh, they kind of need him for uh, Bobby Ryan and uh, Mike Hoffman being out. And you guys play uh, Carey Price, Tuka Rask, and Lundquist this week. So, yeah, uh, uh, they luck. also called Max McCormick, who provides a bit of grit as yeah. well, um, once, uh, once we heard the news about Mike Hoffman. So yeah. we'll see how long he stays up for. Um, yeah, so that sh- it should be. It's like an important week for both our teams. Yeah. Um, so uh, social media, uh, Twitter is Laysom Podcast uh, at Laysom Podcast. Uh, Facebook is Laysom Up. I've still been doing the uh, uh, tonight's slate and previewing t- every game. Um, the uh, you know you're probably listening to us on SoundCloud or uh, on iTunes. Uh, subscribe or follow us on there. Or you can email us uh, if you have any questions, comments. We'll uh, we'll probably uh, we'll discuss it on air um, at uh, Lace Up 
bag at gmail.com. I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Ellsworth, and uh, just a housekeeping note, oh, as yeah. uh, probably some of you are well aware of, American Thanksgiving is this week. Right. Um, Brett has plans, so um, oh, the plan but, is, I believe, to record the podcast not at Sunday, probably on the Monday, so you probably so you're gonna, hear you're gonna episode hear this on 54 Tuesday. on, uh, sorry? On Tuesday. Yeah, you probably won't hear it on, until uh, Tuesday when he puts it out, which I'm sure for most of you... American friends, that's fine because you probably won't hear it until Tuesday, anyway. Yeah. So uh, that's when epi- that's when the next podcast will be out. It will be on the Tuesday, not the usual uh, Monday. Uh, so to uh, both me and Brett, uh, we wish all of our yep. American listeners a very happy Thanksgiving. Exactly. Uh, hope it is uh, filled with good times with friends and family. Yep. Uh, we'll especially talk again in episode fifty-four. <laughs> uh, sorry. I said especially for right now with uh, the election, but yeah. Well, yes, yeah. We, we need our we need our families more than ever. Anyways, exactly. we'll talk to you next time, episode fifty four, whenever we record it on the Lace Up podcast. Yep.